Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. Good evening to those top of the league. We are still top of the league, believe it or not. Um, I'm handing the reins over to young Christopher there, and uh, I'll be right back at the end. So, Chris, take it away. Let's crack on. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to those people listening into us who have joined us live and, of course, who may be listening to us as a on-demand approach. Uh, I often do that, do that whilst I'm going for a run. I like to have listen to a podcast whilst I'm going for a run. But thank you very much to everyone that's joining us. Robert Stevens, Barnaby Jones, Lynn Simpson, uh, Nigel Plum. Thank you very much for being part of our world for this evening. And hopefully what we're about to go through for the next hour is a little bit of catharsis because uh, we were just talking about this beforehand, Amanda, when um, you and I, just before we went live, and we were talking about the reaction to uh, today's 1-1 draw against Southampton at St Mary's. Bit of a bogey team for us. We can get into all of that. But I said to you, I think maybe, and I'm guilty of this as well, I think maybe we're getting a bit greedy as Arsenal fans because uh, a 1-1, particularly with the context of some of the other matches that have happened this season, uh, is... Sorry, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> oh, God, I thought my internet had gone down. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Wasn't connected to the internet, and I am so I really apologize about that. Carry on, <laughs> yes, uh, it, it, it's fine. Uh, we'll get well, let's, let's get straight into it actually. Um, so I said before in the chat, Amanda, that I think maybe we are getting greedy as Arsenal fans because we've been treated to fantastic football, players that we're invested in, that we love to watch. We've been playing good stuff, we want we've won, you know. N- Nine or we've won what twelve games this season in uh, since preseason, and we come up against the Southampton team today that I didn't think were at that great shakes. That maybe they got a bit bit of fortune, a few things like the refereeing decisions. But first question straight off the black, straight off the bat for you is: Do you think we're a bit greedy as Arsenal fans based on the reaction that you've seen? I think it depends how old you are. If I'm honest, I don't really want to be ageist, but. The older ones seem to go, okay, we've got a really hard fought point of Southampton. Um, We didn't turn up in the second half. We're still top of the league. We're top of the league where we never thought we'd ever be. Um, We didn't lose. We would have lost that last year. And calm down, everybody. You know, we're not going to win every game. We're not going to lose every game. We're not going to draw every game. It's going to be different every match. Did we deserve to win? No, we didn't. A, fa- a draw was a fair result. So I think what I am enjoying about podcasting a few hours later, where I used to go straight after the match, was I've calmed down. And obviously in between that, Tottenham have lost. So it sort of helps a little bit. And remember, we got a point. 
So we haven't lost. Yes, we haven't won, but we haven't lost. So I'm all for living in the moment, Chris. And I've been saying this to everybody for weeks. Enjoy it now. We don't know how long it's going to last. Yep. City could be above us and flying ahead soon. Just enjoy it. We're still top of the league. We're top of every league that we're in. Yeah, exactly. We're top of the Europa League. We're top of the Premier League. We played 11 matches. I think there's three more matches before we go after the World Cup. If we can beat Nottingham Forest, if we can beat Wolves, even if we get a draw against Chelsea, I think we'll probably be there or thereabouts. But Cookie, Mr Cook, thoughts on your immediate sort of... What were you feeling? What was going... What was coursing through the veins post-match? Let's do that and then we'll get into going chronologically. So talking about the lineup itself. Mm. Post-match, I, I won't lie, I was a bit frustrated, but like Amanda said, we didn't deserve to win this game and it'd be wrong to pretend that, that we did. I think the reason I felt so frustrated was that because in the first half, we had more than enough chances to comfortably win the game. And if we had our shooting boots on, then we'd have been out of sight before half-time. And the, the real frustrating thing is we had a lot of clear-cut chances. Erdegaard had that one, which he should have done a lot better with. Um, but then he played two precise balls through to Jesus, which he should have done a hell of a lot better with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, based on that first half, we should have won the game. But, you know, you can't just turn up for 45 minutes. And I know Arteta doesn't want to blame fatigue, but I do think in reality that is having a bit of an effect on the squads. Uh, that game against PSV, a lot went into it, even though we did dominate and were comfortable. I mean, we had to work really hard to get that goal. We didn't get it till quite late on. And a lot of the players that played in that game were playing again today. So I do think there is an element of fatigue and we did look really leggy out in that second half and um yeah i mean i'm not i'm not too too downbeat about a point i mean we've um won a lot of games this season that i didn't expect us to i didn't expect us to win 2-0 at palace definitely didn't expect us to win 3-0 at brentford didn't expect six points from liverpool and spurs uh, so i feel you know that i've been really treated this season by arsenal and a draw away at a ground that we notoriously don't do well at is not something I'm going to turn my nose up at, especially when we've got Forrest on the horizon, who, yeah, they've beaten Liverpool, but we're back at the Emirates, hopefully get a win. I'd like to see a bit more rotation against PSV because I do think, you know, like I say, we are starting to see some players, Martinelli, Saka, you know, even Jesus to an extent are a bit dead on their feet at times. So, um, yeah, and I think players like Nketiah, Vieira, when they came on, they looked a little bit, a little bit rusty. So, I think, uh, yeah, rotation against PSV, all guns blazing against Forest. Hopefully take our chances a bit more in the first half if they come to us and then get the ball rolling, get that winning mentality back before we go to the bridge. Yeah, that, I like the sound of that. The bit of positivity and maybe as uh, Amanda was talking about earlier, that when there's a few hours to, uh, to let mm. the dust settle, uh, when we can take the context of this weekend in, we've gained a point on Liverpool because they lost. We've... We've matched what Man United and Chelsea did because they played out a draw yesterday and we've gained a point on Tottenham. So, you know, you've got to look at that from that sort of positive side. I mean, the Man City uh, result to, to one side. But just I'm going to stick with you, Cookie, just on the lineup stuff first and then we'll ask get Amanda in as well. And the reason I <laughs> Are you going to bring uh, Tomiyasu and Tina? I am. Because right. James, <laughs> James and I have yeah. a very similar view with regards to uh, the decision today of... Um, Tom, yeah. So I'll just read through the team. So we went around Sterling goal. It was Ben White at right back, Saliba, Gabriel, centre half, Tommy Asu at left back. Pause uh, for dramatic effect. Uh, part, party sitting in front of them, uh, Erdegaard and Xhaka either side in the eights, and then our front three, which is a very familiar front three right now, which is Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli. James, what did you think of that lineup? I was fine with the lineup apart from the one that we agree on, which is that Tommy Yasu shouldn't have started this game. And I've got nothing against Tommy Yasu for what it's worth. I don't think he was awful today, but I think we've got a better player on the bench. And um, well, better play, you know, that's a bit a bit subjective. But in that position, Tierney for me is still one of the best left backs in the Premier League. And he's banging form at the minute. So why you wouldn't start him for me is just is mind-boggling. And as good as Tommy Yasu is. I still think he's better on the right. And in terms of someone going forward, he's better on the right. And when Southampton have got Kyle Walker-Peters out and they had, um, I can't remember his name, uh, number four at uh, right back, who was pretty dead on his feet at 60 minutes. We really should have been playing Tinny from the start. He really could have. You saw when he came on just how fresh and how sharp he was. So I was really disappointed not to see him start. And my worry is he's going to be looking at this thinking, OK, you know, against Liverpool, tactical thing makes sense but then he's not started at Leeds he's not started at Southampton he's kind of confined to the 
Europa League games. When Zinchenko comes back, is Tierney third choice? I mean, he's far too good of a player to be third choice left back. Um, and I just don't understand the decision why we stuck with Tierney. I completely got it against Liverpool. Didn't get it against Leeds. Um, well, I kind of got it maybe if uh, Sinistera was playing on that side, which he ended up not playing on that side. And I completely didn't understand it today because there wasn't really anyone on that side of the pitch that would have been a massive threat to us. I just think it kills us going forwards. And Tomiyasu can be a little bit exposed when he's coming up against players that aren't inverted. So, yeah, I didn't get it. Didn't think it worked. Didn't think it worked against Leeds. He's a right back. Play him at right back. Maybe the odd game at centre-half. Left back if we need him to. But we've got a phenomenal player on the bench. He should have started, should have played. Um, I'm not going to say that's where the game was won or lost, but I think it's a change that could have seen us potentially cause more damage in the first half. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to bring Amanda in on this one as well. I was just I was just going to say, let's come to their goal later because I think maybe, you know, you can ask a question, Tommy Asu. Again, I didn't think he was that bad either, as you say. I didn't think he did anything massively wrong, but there's maybe a question on that goal. But let's come back to that in a second. Amanda, um, did is this a case of Arteta just saying I don't want to ch- change a winning team? Do you think? Yeah, it could have been. I mean, look, I I hold my hands up. I was wrong Be- before the game when Tom Yasu was named. I saw Tom of um, Guna Talk TV and James have a little conversation, and I agreed with Tom. I wouldn't have changed it. Um, I, I initially thought that they were saving TNE for Europe, but it doesn't really make sense, does it? What I feel there is a problem is that he's trying to fit a five into a back four because we want them all on the pitch. How does he do it? Ben White, Ben White, especially this the first half, was unbelievably awesome. Okay. Sensational. Uh, Tommy Asu, whenever he's played for us, again, not so much on the left side, but on the right side, awesome. Gabriel Saliba Tierney. What do you do? I mean, is his plan that he's thinking of playing Tommy Asu there left back more regularly than Tierney? I don't know. Um, I really don't know, but I was wrong. And James definitely, Cookie Below was right because he did get exposed. It didn't work. It worked brilliantly against Liverpool. And sometimes I think with Arteta, I wonder if he just gets excited about a new thing that's worked and he just wants to continue it. You really shouldn't change a winning team, but you do have to look at the the next team you're playing and play the correct team. So maybe he did get that wrong. Tierney's fabulous, but Tomiyasu's fabulous. Ben White is fabulous. You know, um, again, we saw Saliba, which is odd, make a mistake today. He makes one mistake a game. Gabriel's fine. So... What does he do? And Zinchenko, I just love Zinchenko, but no way is Zinchenko as good as Tierney at left back, but he's better going forward. It is a lovely problem to have, but I think we're all going to be, I'm assuming, at the Emirates next Sunday, and I think we'll see Tierney at left back. Yeah, I do wonder, and I wonder what happens with the PSV game now and whether or not that impacts Arteta's thinking. Andy Love, actually, in the comments has just Just going to put that up. I was just going to say to you. He says, I don't think Arteta likes Tierney and Martinelli playing at the same time. I do think that the the way that we've started applying our left-back almost as an inverted sort of player and the way, like, Zinchenko has drifted in field. Tomiyasu did it once or twice as well today, where he just drifts in field and then they rotate. I think even Xhaka would drop out into that sort of left back position. And I wonder whether or not having um, a player like Zinchenko enables Martinelli to drive more and do Martinelli and Tierney work, or is that that is thinking? Um, James, what do you reckon on that? Andy's thoughts there. And I want to bring one more question after James has spoken. Go on. Yeah, go for it. Um. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I guess from a defensive point of view, Tierney's going to bomb on and probably leave us quite exposed in that area of the pitch. But then again, Zinchenko does the exact same thing, if not to a higher extent. So I don't know. It wouldn't make too much sense to me. I think it's just a case of he's tweaked on Tommy Asu working that game against Liverpool and kind of wants to to stick with it. Like we spoke about before, he doesn't want to change a winning team. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, Tierney and Martinelli have played together many a time before. Mm. I remember even when the two of them came into the side under Emery. Like they played a lot of games together on that left-hand side. So I'd be very surprised if it was a case of that. Um, yeah. So for me, it's yeah. I, I don't think that's the reason for it. 
Right. Yeah. So I've, I said this, what Lynn just said. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Do you think that Arteta is trying to protect KT from injuries? Because Carl and I were talking about this. Oh, by the way, Carl's not in the chat room tonight because I can say what I want because he's watching Doctor Who. More important than watching his girlfriend. But hey. Um, and I said this to Carl. I said, I think he must be protecting him. What do you two think? Um, I think there's probably something in that. Let's bear in mind that Kieran Tierney's been with us, what, three years or four years now? It doesn't really matter exactly uh, how, many, how long he's been with us. But every year he's broken down at some stage. And last year when he broke down, it cost us big time. Yep. And so maybe there's an element of Arteta trying to protect him. Because I do think Arteta loves the player. He's, he's always talked up Kieran Tierney. So I don't think he's suddenly decided you're not good enough for the club. I think maybe there's an element that he just wants to protect him. I wonder as well if he's still trying to get KT used to the new style that we're adopted with these inverted uh, fullbacks. Um, I do think there, there comes a point, and I think, as Cookie was just saying, I think we're at the point now where we need to say, Kieran Tierney, if he's going to play against PSV, he's the one that's coming on for 15 minutes so that he's fresh for Nottingham Forest and you play someone else at left-back, not Tommy Asu. If you're going to play Tommy Asu at left-back against PSV because you want to protect Kieran Tierney for the Nottingham Forest game, fine. But it's almost like the might that there needs to be a flip from, oh, because Kieran Tierney's playing in all of the Europa League games, we can't risk him as much um, for the Premier League games. We need to flip that now back yeah. to... Let's have him playing in the Premier League games. Obviously, I haven't got Zinchenko. And let's find another solution in the uh, in the Europa League games. Uh, Cookie, what do you reckon? Yeah, it'd be the exact same for me, mate. I I don't think we should be, you know, playing Tierney. You know, even in that game coming up against PSV, I, I would try and look for another solution at left-back. I'd probably play Tommy Asso at left-back again there and bring Cedric in for his first game of the season on the right-hand side. I mean, I know we really, really, really want to sew up top spot in the group, but I mean, we've got that game against Zurich at home, which we should win. All we need is a point on um, Thursday, which, you know, away from home in Holland's going to be definitely not an easy game, but look at how dead legs we were in the second half today. We need, we, we just need to rotate that little bit more. And those are the sort of changes I'd make. And I definitely want Tierney to start at the weekend because even if Zinchenko does come back to training, I think it's highly unlikely that he'd start the game. Um, mm. And like I was saying before, like he's a really, really, really good left back and he's too good to be sitting on our bench and he'll start second guessing himself and probably, I wouldn't blame him if he pushed for a move because he's that good of a player that he can be starting week in, week out for pretty much, you know, a lot of teams in the Premier League. And uh, yeah. I do completely get the notion that, you know, we want to preserve him and keep him fit. But what's the point in having a player of his quality if we're not going to play him now in the games that matter and then just roll out a red carpet for him in the big games? Just say, go and see any, you know, give it your all for, for 90 minutes and then we'll package you away until we've got City away, until, you know, then we'll put you away again and then we'll bring you out for Liverpool away. It's like, you know, what's, what's the point? Like, he's a really good player. He should be starting games. Um, if he gets injured, that's just part and parcel. You know, if we want to be a Champions League team, these players have got to get used to the demands that are going to come on them because, you know, the games in midweek will be hell of a lot more demanding than PSV, than Zurich, than Bodo. So, you know, we've got to get over this kind of hurdle that we're facing at the minute. And I'm sure, you know, as the squad develops, uh, we will. But this is just part of being an elite team. You've got to be able to play this many games in such a short space of time. We've yeah. got some I mean, more comments on this. Do you want me to put them up? Yeah, put a couple up, but I think we should probably move on um, from just talking specifically about Tierney. So we'll okay. let um, some of our uh, our viewers just kind of read some of the comments as we uh, as we go through them. But let's talk about the good stuff. Actually, let's let's go into some good stuff because that first half we were fantastic. We didn't we we created lots of chances. And much like the game against PSV and much like the game against Leeds in the first half, we didn't quite put away our chances. And we've now got three data points where we only scored one goal and where we haven't really been able to take advantage and, and get that second goal, which probably kills off the game because I think Southampton were there for the taking today. I didn't think Southampton were a particularly fantastic team. I expected them to press us a lot more than they did. They sat in, they tucked in, but we dominated the ball in that first half. Granite Xhaka goal on the on eleven minutes. Oh. What a fantastic strike that was, Amanda! Some thoughts from that Granite Xhaka goal, and also a bit of a tip of the cap to Ben White and Saka, Saka who were involved in the build up. We started off exactly how I wanted us to, just like we 
do most games. Just brilliant. Brilliant football, fast-paced. In there, we I personally think, and it's probably like exaggerate a little bit, in total today we could have had six or seven goals if we'd have taken our chances and maybe got a couple of penalties that I'm sure we're going to come to. But do you remember the ball that Saka whipped in and the first five minutes and someone could just get yeah. a head or a boot to it. I mean, it was such a beautiful cross in. I was like, oh, it's not going to be one of these days, is it? Because that would have gone in normally. And then you get Ben White coming down the wing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, with Saka, then this ball in from Ben White to Saka's foot, a volley like... The, I mean, honestly, Shaka, would you have even... I mean, this time a year ago, say... And I'd have said to you that Jack has got, I don't know how many goals he's got, four goals now, whatever it is, yeah. Would you have laughed at me if I'd have said this, that he's now in the box scoring goals like this? And yeah. honestly, what a beautiful goal and beautiful play by Ben White and Saka. And this is what I mean about goals coming from everywhere. This is what we need because, unfortunately, as much as Jesus gives so much to the team, He's not scoring at the moment, so someone else needs to. Martinelli looked a little bit off it today, didn't he? So mm-hmm. so it has to come from somewhere else. And Party was was Party against Spurs or Liverpool? I can't remember which one he scored against. Yeah, Spurs. So they're coming in <laughs> midfield scoring, which is fabulous, which we've always needed. We need that to continue. But big up to Ben White in the first half. Jesus, we I I said to Carl, I haven't really got a man of the match. At the end, we were like, who could you give it to? There wasn't really anyone. But for the first half performance, it would definitely would have been Ben White. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I thought Ben White is fantastic. And actually, what I've seen from him this season, I guess, shows you why Arteta wanted to pay all that money for him because he's a very intelligent footballer. This is a guy that has just played centre-half for Arsenal for the whole of last season and he's coming at right-back and he's adapting his game. Like at the beginning of the season, he wasn't making those overlapping runs as much. But this this time, you know, he's played 10, 11 games at right-back now, maybe 12 games at right-back and he's making those runs like as if he's been playing right-back for years. I think he's such a impressive footballer Ben White and you know I'm really glad that we're seeing what what a versatile and adaptable player he is um James from your perspective you want to talk about that goal and uh, uh, I'll tell you what why don't you wax lyrical about Granite Xhaka as well <laughs> yeah just before we get on to that as well I mean I want to chip in on the the, the Ben White loving because what he's doing like you were saying adapting his game and what he's added going forwards because when he first came in, I was like, okay, you know, he's really solid defensively, but we could probably still do with a little something going forward. You know, when Tommy Yasu's fit, maybe he slots right back in. A lot of people were saying that in fairness, but we don't need to now because he's added this extra layer to his game where he's able to get forwards. His crossing is really good, by the way. <laughs> really, really good. Um, and I just don't think, you know, Tommy Yasu's getting in ahead of him at right back anytime soon, unless it's for a Europa League game. And he's not played a single minute I don't think, for us at centre-half this season. And I'd be interested to see if he does slow in the centre-half again at some point because I just remember last season, I was like, this guy's a phenomenal centre-half. And now I'm thinking he's a phenomenal right-back. And I I will be almost in tears for him if he doesn't make that England squad because he is head and shoulders above the likes of Harry Maguire. Um, And he certainly deserves to be in that. That's a different discussion entirely. But um, yeah, what a player. Really fortunate to have him. And I don't know if you guys have seen his interview after the game when uh, someone questioned him on Arsenal being bullied and he just completely shut down the interview. He's a fantastic 
man. What did he yeah. say? I, haven't oh, seen I didn't it. see that either. Just, just watch the interviews. Uh, interviewer says to him, um, you know, do you think in these games away from home is important for Arsenal not to get bullied? And he just gives a little pause. He's like, yeah, I don't, don't think we got bullied. I can't quite remember where that happens, but he just, he just makes it nice and awkward for the, for the press. And um, yeah, that's what I like about him. But yeah, onto your question about Jacker. I mean, I could wax lyrical all day about him this season, not just on today's game, but every game he's played in this season, he's had a, a beyond seven out of 10 in some of them. And we're really lucky to see him playing what is, I think is comfortably the best football he's had of his Arsenal career. And I know, you know, he's one of the older players in the squad. He's just turned 30, but I hope he's one of those players that kind of peaks at this stage and he can do this until maybe the age of hopefully 33, 34. So we don't have to upgrade anytime soon, but he's such a good player. And uh, I, I never, I never thought he had this in his locker. Like I, I think we always knew he had a shot from distance um, on his left foot, but I never expected Granite Jacker to be getting goals on the half volley with his weak foot. Um, so that's, yeah, come as a really, really pleasant surprise, beating men, going past them, putting in delicious crosses, all round team player and uh, where we would be without him, um, God knows, because he's such an important player in this team at the minute. And uh, I, I quite, you know, like the idea of when Smith Rowe comes back, what he can learn from Jacko, because I think they're kind of similar players in a way. And uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. It's a completely different discussion that, but um, very exciting to have him in the team and playing so well. Yeah, it's interesting. So Ben, what? I signed Ben. Yeah, get your words right, Chris. Uh, Granite Xhaka, uh, that's the guy. Um, in the second half, I don't want to keep jumping back as a forwards, but just this has just popped into my head. In the second half, I noticed our passing range, our passing was way off. Yeah. Thomas Party, and I, I don't know if it was a fatigue thing or whatever it was, but Thomas Party was off on a number of occasions. I'm going to talk about the subs later as well because that didn't work to me, particularly Fabio Vieira. But one person who didn't, I didn't have any issues with whatsoever in terms of his passing range, in terms of Teague or anything like that, is Granit Xhaka. And he plays all the time. So it's just a mark of the man that he is essentially one of the first names on the team sheet. And he's also now influencing games in a way that he's never done before. So that's good. That's really, really good. But so let's talk about some of the other incidents of that first half. Amanda, I'm going to go to you. Mm. Why on earth are we not given a penalty in that first half? <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Are we talking about Jesus? Should we start with that one? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I don't know. And I'm one of these people that, how can I put this? I really don't moan about referees. I moan about VAR all the time, VAR. I don't moan about refs, really. I just don't. Well, I have not stopped all day. I've ne- I I honestly think that is the one of the worst refereeing dis- um, performances I've seen in many 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 years. It was so poor that we were getting fouled left, right, and centre, and he was just continuing. Can we just talk about the Saka thing? This is where I went mental to begin yeah. with, right? If you think he's dived, but you're not sure. Don't book him. Just give the free kick. You're entitled to make a mistake. It's very hard in that split second to see if someone's dived or not. But to actually say he's dived purposely is a disgrace. Not only that, I hope he watches this game back and comes out and apologises to us. It should have been a foul for us. It took it took Saka out. And honestly, I was like going mad. I actually dropped the C-bomb here today and my neighbours probably would have heard that many a time. And the, the, he's hugging Jesus. Yeah. You can't even pull a shirt anymore, but he's allowed to hug him. I mean, you can forget pictures and stuff. I know you shouldn't look at still pictures or any of that, but the still picture is he's hugging him. Now, that's a penalty. I don't care what anyone says. Because you know, I often argue with quite a few people. That is a penalty. I'm not having it. Where, yeah. I, did, I actually didn't see one person say it wasn't, apart from opposing fans. I don't really care about that. I don't know. And I don't know what VAR are doing. Because I thought they're supposed to look at every incident. So you're telling me the three penalties we should have had, not one of them was given, looked at. Mm. It didn't send him to the monitor. Nothing. I'm I'm beyond, I don't know, but there is two things here, Chris, yeah? We didn't lose because of the ref. We lost because we didn't, we weren't clinical. But you don't know how it's affected them. We get that penalty. We go 2-0 up. Most likely we go 2-0 up. Different game. So 
I'm still fuming with the ref, but we have to get over it, okay? We just have to because we could wax lyrical about him all bloody night. James, are you are you still fuming with the ref? What, what, what were your thoughts on the number six? It's, I'm going to say his surname, so I'm going to butcher it. Is it Chaleta or Caleta Saar? But honestly, throughout the whole game, he was wrestling um, Gabriel Jesus and it almost became a bit of a joke, really. And I think this is one of the problems. My opinion is... This is one of the problems when you get a referee that wants to let things go. You're going to get players that just push, they push, they push it a little bit more each time. They push their luck, they push their luck, they push their luck. And if they know they're going to get away with it, they keep doing it. So what was your kind of thoughts in terms of refereeing performance today, penalties in that first half? I don't want to go over the top, but that referee should not be refereeing in this league again. Completely out of his depth. Um, I don't know much. I know I know he's a relatively new ref to the league, and I was looking back at his history, and he's refed a hell of a lot of League Two football, um, which I think really showed today. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Saka one because that infuriated me just as much as I'm pretty sure it infuriated every other Arsenal fan. You've covered that really well, Amanda. But the Jesus one, the only reason I can think they've not given it is because it happened literally 30 seconds after we scored, and I just think they've got oh well, they've just scored. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, VAR should be because it's a, for me, it's a clear and obvious error mm. to just wave play on. You know, why is VAR not intervening in that? Why is VAR not intervening in the incidents where Lianco has punched Jesus not once, but twice in the back? And again, when Lianco has put his hand on Enketia's throat and gone to headbutt him, that's two red card offenses right there. And he got away with a yellow. And when you look back, this, this is the thing that frustrates me most. And I must have referenced this one more times than I can, you know, I care to care to imagine. But that David Luiz foul away at Wolves, yeah. when he got a penalty given and a red card, and his stud brushed the back of I think it was Jimenez's uh, heel. Like, come on! Like, all we ask for is a bit of consistency, and all you've got to do is look back. Not even twenty four hours to that game in against uh, Chelsea and United. That McTominay one isn't even as bad as the one that we saw on Jesus. And I just, you know, it makes you really question why you watch this sport when the people that are meant to see it you know played fairly just make it so unwatchable at times it's beyond frustrating it's beyond incompetent and someone like that like who's given him the green light to referee a match like this because you know like 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 you said amanda we didn't deserve to win the game today but it's moments like this that will cost you and it will i'm certain it will happen at a pivotal moment this season and we'll look back and go yeah um that's cost us you know a point. But, the, but the thing is, James and Chris, if he's missed it, and that's fair enough, or he was at a different angle, where are VAR? Can you know that if this was at the Emirates and that was Gabrielle? VAR didn't intervene with anything today. Nothing. Like, we we, we didn't haven't even, stopped for anything, yeah. did we? No, even on the commentary, they weren't even saying, you know, we, you know, that VAR have had a look at it. So they didn't seem to be there. But the thing was, is, what's even worse about this is that. We've had games where VAR interrupt everything. Today, it was like they weren't there. Why have they not pulled him to the screen? Take a look at Jesus, and it's your opinion. We think it's a penalty. I'm sorry, the problem you're going to get, and I keep saying this again and again, penalties are always going to be about opinions, yeah? They always are. They're not factual, like over the line, okay, or offside, I suppose. But no one can deny that he was cuddled. There are pictures of him being cuddled by that defender. What are VAR looking at and why have they not? And I'm still asking that question, James, because nothing was stopped today. (laughs) There was nothing on the scoreboard to say looking at this, whatever it was, offside, whatever, nothing. It was like like the old days. Do you not think that? Yeah, absolutely. Completely. And do do you know what? This goes back to what I was saying earlier on. I think the problem is, is that as soon as that defender knew, well, I can get away with this in the box. He then did it for the entire game. There was a couple of instances where he's just wrestling. Even Alan Smith was like, hold on a second. This is the third or fourth time that he's done this now. Surely that's got to be a foul. I mean... Alan Smith is an ex-gooner, we know, um, and of course he's he's got his soft spot for us, but he's a very impartial guy when he's on commentary. He, you can always tell that. And even Alan Smith and the and his co-commentator were saying, well, that 
surely is a foul, isn't it? And this is this guy had made about four or five of those challenges. He, he should have been off. Let's. I mean, we're not even talking about um, their number four. I can't say what's his what's his name Lianco. again. Lianco. Lianco. I, like less even him and his hot headedness. He should have been off. This guy as well, accumulation of fouls, or at least you book him early on, you, you you call him up early on and say, I can see you got your hands all around the guy. Next time you do it, you're booked. And he doesn't do it again. And we get a, an actual fair and honest way in which we're refereeing a game. But anyway, we um so we go in half time, we've been utterly dominant. And yeah, I thought to myself, even at half time, probably should have got the second. We probably need a second now. The second didn't come. And we looked, we started to look a little bit, we started to give Southampton a little bit of hope, a little bit of impetus. What were your kind of initial thoughts on the first sort of 10, 15 minutes of that second half, Cookie? Uh, underwhelming. I mean, a lot of the games we've seen in the second half this season have been, for the most part, positive. It's, it's normally been a case that we've had a pretty languid first half and then come out in the second half and um, just blown teams away. But it was the complete opposite. And like, like I mentioned earlier, I do think a case of that is fatigue, um, that we couldn't just slip the, the gear knob into fifth um, because we just run out of steam. Like the, there wasn't any petrol left in the tank. And had we got another goal in the first half, I think that would have been enough for us to just cruise in mm. third. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we didn't have, have, have quite enough there to... Uh, to see us over the line and credit to Southampton. I mean, they, they plugged away. They had that period where they had so many corners in a row and then um, the, the goal, like you've got to say, it's really well worked. It's a tidy finish. Um, and then we just couldn't, couldn't go ahead and win the game. And I'm, I'm kind of fortunate that we didn't end up throwing it because last season, this does feel like the sort of game that we would have lost. And given the context around things and the, the games we've had in recent weeks, like I say, that PSV game took a lot more than we might have hoped to, to win it in the end. Um, and we haven't been able to rest players as much as we would have liked. Um, yeah, I mean, on the in that context, I'm I'm more than happy with a point. And going back to what I said earlier, you know, we picked up points where we maybe didn't expect to this season. So, you know, we would probably do a draw. Um, it's a team that we don't play particularly well against away from home at St Mary's. Yeah, I'm not going to complain too much. Still top of the league by two points. Happy days. Yeah, exactly. Amanda, let's talk about the goal that they scored. So I referenced this right at the beginning of tonight's show. You know, I love Tommy Asu. I think he's a great defender. I just wonder if he gets turned a little bit easier for their goal. Uh, what were your kind of thoughts on whose fault it was? Was it anyone's fault? Was it just, as James said, a really well-worked goal and we just have to take our medicine? Well, I think, first of all, um, there was a comment before, but I didn't put it up. Um, the fact that we haven't given credit to Southampton. We are. You definitely deserve the point. I, I've, I said that at the beginning of the show. Um it it was our problem. We came out as as James said, totally underwhelmed. Totally, it it was like we're like a game of two halves at the moment, and we've got to stop it because we are going to end up losing soon if this continues. Um, I don't know whose fault it was. I was I was I I rewound it back. Had another look. Was it Tommy Asu? Was it just a well worked goal? It was a good goal. Listen, you've got to give credit to the manager at their manager at half time. We completely changed it. And he completely overwhelmed us. We we couldn't even put a couple of passes together. Um, I do believe it was fatigue. Um, and Matthew D'Souza just, you know, I'm just going to put this up. Why fatigue when we're resting so many midweek? We didn't rest so many. They came and played. That was the problem. Carl was screaming about that on Thursday night. He's saying, why are we playing these players when we got the league? Now, this is the next thing that I was going to say. Because the thing is, we need to win the Europa League. And we need to win the Europa League. Full stop. Um, because we want to win a trophy. Come in top four, of course. I know that'll be another conversation for another day. So they're just as important for me as the league games. Um, I don't really... I think it was a really good goal, if I'm honest, from Southampton. They looked like a completely different team second half, and we were tired. Mm. I, can't, I can't argue about it. Listen, we know 18 months ago, a year ago, we'd have lost that game. We don't win at St Mary's. I actually um, predicted 2-0. Cole predicted 4-1. I said, no way, I can't see that today. We didn't play that well at Leeds either, second half or first half. Whatever half it was, I can't remember. But we've done it again and we've got a draw. So we've he's got he's got to look at this a little bit, change it around. Martinelli mm. was ill in the week. Maybe that affected him and that's why he came off because I really thought he was going to bring on Eddie for Jesus. 
if I was honest, and he didn't. Um, You know, hopefully next couple of months we'll have Emil Smith-Rowe coming back maybe January time. We need need some fresh legs, definitely. Um, And we need Jesus to start scoring. I'm I'm so gutted because I absolutely love him. But he's got to put some of those chances away. We had so many chances today that we don't normally get that. And I felt it was really unfair on social media when I'd say Arsenal fans, in quote, were saying it was like Lacazette part two. Jesus is a million times better than Lacazette. So, come on, that's really, really poor, I think. Um, And I don't know if it's come for a reaction, but no, I I just felt that they deserved their goal and we were lucky to come away with a point in the end. Yeah, I mean, James, let's stick on Gabby Jesus, actually. Um, Do you... Do you think we should start to be concerned with his lack of goal scoring? I'm less inclined to think about that, but I do think he was, I think he wasn't great today. And there was one instance where he turned his man and he was basically through on goal, but he didn't seem to, it's like the ball just didn't get caught in, it got caught in his feet, didn't it? And it, I think it was Elden Yusi, or however you say his name, um, just kind of scrambled the book back and managed to get the get the, the block in or managed to put him off. Are you concerned by performances like today from Gabby Jesus and then also uh, the Leeds one as well? Hmm. I don't think concerned would be the right word because it's not like it's been months since he scored. I think, you know, he scored in the North London derby. That was only a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? So it's not like he's not been you know, without the goals and he's still been, he's, even if he doesn't get a goal or assist, the thing is he still does contribute. Like that's what we didn't get with Lacazette. He's, he's running all the time. You know, he's, he's making the pass before the final pass. He's, he's always in and about there and and making himself involved. So I'm not too, you know, if he's not scoring, I always know he's doing something else, which, you know, the worry with Lacazette was he'd drop off and he'd drop off. Like that was literally it. You'd lose a man essentially. Um, We don't have that with Jesus. I suppose there were two chances today that I feel he should have buried. That one where he was essentially one-on-one. And, okay, this is on his weak foot, but effort was tame. Like, really, really poor, I thought. And that other one where Erdegaard just clipped it through. Oh, it's beautiful. And then it just hits his shin. um, And, you know, it's still a half-decent effort. But if he gets it on his foot, it should be a goal. But he just slightly misjudges it. That's where it's a little bit concerning because they're the chances that you, you know, you, you pay the money for him to take pretty much. But then again, you look back to the goal we did get against Spurs. You know, we don't score that last season because Lacazette's not there to score it. So, you know, it's those moments where he, he's there in the right place at the right time. Let's not forget he's coming off the back of a, a very slight injury. And I do think he was very good in the game against PSV on Thursday. Um, but again, you know, just couldn't find that finishing touch. But beating men, getting round people, I was doing it at ease. Um, that's the element of his game that is so good. And that assist he got against Bodo as well, where he beat a couple of people, then played it through. Um I mean, he's still contributing, and I'm, you know, I'm certain the goals will come. We've got a brilliant opportunity for him to get a goal on a, on Sunday. I wouldn't play him on Thursday. Give him like the full week off, full guns blazing on Sunday. Um, you know, he might surprise us with a hat trick. But look, just look at the goal contribution he's got this season. There's um, goal and assist contribution. There's no need to be worried about him because he's, uh, you know, he, he's a massive upgrade on what we had before. Um, but the one thing I would say is. I would like to see a bit more of a push from Eddie to let him know that he's kind of there breathing down his neck to let him know, you know, if you're not scoring those opportunities, I'm going to be there to take him. And I was a bit underwhelmed when Eddie came on today. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do you know what? I'm going to move on to those now, actually. Let's talk about the substitutions because Arteta made a uh, substitution on 72 minutes, uh, sorry, 71 minutes and 72 minutes. He brought on Kieran Tierney for Ben White and then shifted Tom Yasu to right back. And then he brought Gabriel Martinelli off for uh, Nketiah and played Nketiah uh, as, a, as a left sort of winger. And then on 83 minutes, he brought off Erdegaard and brought on Fabio Vieira. And I'll be honest with you, and Amanda, I just want to get your thoughts on this. I thought 
none of the subs really i thought Tierney did okay you know Tierney got in behind a couple of times there was that in, the disallowed goal where Erdegaard scored where he just run it out of place slightly you know slightly unlucky maybe on another day he gets to that a split second earlier and you know we're coming away talking about a 2-1 win but i thought that Inketia came on didn't really offer much as James has just alluded to and i thought Vieira came on and was terrible he's ball retention he got knocked off of it a couple of times he he gave the ball away for a couple of chances I thought he wasn't very good either what's your sort of thoughts on the subs uh did they work didn't they work what do you what do you reckon I think with Eddie I I was talking about this and I'm not sure I'm going to ask you to what you think maybe he's not the sort of player that's going to thrive coming off the bench maybe he needs to start from minute one to get his confidence I don't know but he missed didn't he, he missed the chance I think um I want it to work for Eddie so much, but we've got to find someone that can put the ball in the back of the net a bit more consistently. Um, none of it really worked. You're right. They didn't, but Tini didn't do anything wrong. Vieira looked a bit lost, which is surprising because I love it when he comes on. Um, we have got Mar Marquinhos. I think I've said that right tonight, Marquinhos. We have got some different players we could bring on, but... You know, I never sit here and criticise Arteta because I don't feel the need to. Today, I've, I feel a little bit that he's made a couple of the wrong decisions, as we're saying, Tommy Asu at left back, maybe not play Martinelli if he wasn't well in midweek because he didn't really give much, bring much to the game, did he? Um, it, it's just one of those games, isn't it, that, you know, we're lucky to get a point and that's all I hold on to. And the fact that, we move on. We've got PSV. We've got Nottingham Forest. It's going to be a very, very strange season, but not only for us, for everybody. It all stops in a couple of weeks. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like the end of the season, World Cup, and then the season starts again. So God knows. This is why I'm saying to everybody now, enjoy it. Enjoy where we are. Because this might not last. I don't know what's going to happen after the World Cup. Yeah. Cookie, I'm going to give you a, a stab at the uh, subs as well, because you mentioned, obviously, you didn't think Nketiah was that good when he came on. But thoughts on uh, White for Tierney and then also Martinelli for uh, Nketiah and then also Erdegaard for Fabio Vieira. I, I thought Tierney was fine. Didn't have any problems with him. I mean, he fashioned that, you know, what would have been a great goal if it, if, if it hadn't gone out of play ever so slightly. Um, so no complaints from him. As I said earlier, I think he should have started the game. Um, the, you know, I can't really grumble about the Vieira one too much because he's the sort of player that we've brought in for these moments. Like he's the one we want to look to on the bench to come in, and when we, you know, we're fighting for a win, bring him on, and hopefully uh, gives us a bit of impetus. I don't think the Erdegaard substitution was the right one to make, um, mm. just because in hindsight he was playing very well at that moment in time. He was the one that was ticking us over. You know, he had that opportunity that he put in the back of the net that was unfortunately ruled out. Um, he he looked in for web and flow, so I wouldn't have taken him off. If anything, I might have taken Jacker off and just thrown Erdegaard and Vieira onto the pitch at the same time. Vieira, um, Eddie didn't really offer much at all. Um, maybe that's because he's playing on the left, not centrally. You know, it worked okay against PSV, but I think we all know he wants to be playing out and out as a number nine. Um, but yeah, the Vieira one was the one I was most disappointed with. And I think this has been my slight worry with him is that he's so small and so slight and he was just muscled off the ball far too easily so many times. And you know, when you're coming up against a referee and a team like we were today where they're kind of letting anything go, um, obviously it's not going to be in our favour. But saying that, I mean, fantastic in that game against Brentford. Um, similarly to what you think about Eddie Amanda, could be the same for Vieira. Maybe he needs to be starting games for us to really see the best of him uh, because yeah. he was fantastic in that game against Brentford. So, you know, I hope he gets another opportunity on Thursday. We see what he's made of again. I, I do think he has had some brilliant moments this season, um, but it's just games like today where you do start to worry. You know, he is a very small man and he's very skinny as well. So when you're coming up against uh, big, scary men like Lianco, obviously it's going to you know, not uh, come off in your favour all the time. But, you know, still a very exciting player, very young player as well. So just needs to bulk up a little bit and, you know, got a very exciting player there for sure. Yeah, I think he I think he is. I do wonder there might be something in that. I certainly think that the uh, it, it, it struggled to get into the pace of the game. And maybe that was the same with Eddie. And maybe you're right, because if you think about last season, when Eddie was at his best, it was he, he came in and had a run of about four or five yeah. games because Lacazette was just so toilet that we had no other option. And he came in and he was good. But ultimately, 
you know, he's and he said he even said it himself in that that podcast. I can't remember which it was on, but he said, "Like if I'm if I'm given game time and I don't score, that's on me." But he's been given just sporadic fits and starts at the moment, and when he has played, like against PSV on Thursday, he's playing wide left. I do. I, I want to talk to you guys about Arteta and some of his decision making today. And I want to caveat it. What I'm about to say, I'll caveat it by saying, I know we are top of the league. I know that Mikel Arteta has overseen this transformation in Arsenal Football Club, and we all love him to bits. I'm very thankful with the direction that we're going. I'm thankful that we are two points clear of a team in Man City who look unbeatable. And the way that we started the game is the way that I think that's Arteta's Arsenal. So all of that to one side... I do wonder if he's still making, he is still making mistakes because he's a young manager and he does tend to make decisions and want to stick with those decisions. So the Tomiyasu thing at left back, I thought it was a masterstroke. We've already kind of touched on this masterstroke when it's up against Salah, very specific threat, dealt with it, tactical genius. And then the decision to say, well, actually it's working, so I'm going to keep with it. Not sure on that. That feels slightly naive from my perspective. And then playing Eddie as a left winger on Thursday night, I don't think it worked. And yet his decision was still to say, Eddie, go on and play left wing. I would almost have preferred it if he'd have flipped Eddie and Gabriel Jesus and say, right, Gabriel Jesus, you now play as a left winger. And Eddie, you go through the middle because it didn't quite work on on Thursday. And he was asked about that. Um in his post-match interview on Thursday, and he said something along the lines of he didn't really want to change too many players from their positions, and that's why he played Eddie left, and he played Gabriel Jesus through the middle. But I just liked, I would like to think that he would learn from it and say, do you know what, it didn't work, I'll change it. Long, rambling monologue. I might as well ask you guys a question now. Um, Amanda, your thoughts on, is this an example of he's still learning and he's still making the odd mistake here and there? Yeah, I think so. Um, But there might be an ulterior motive to this that we don't know. Remember when everyone was kicking off that Saliba hadn't come back and Saliba didn't want to play for us and Arteta didn't want him back? We don't know anything that goes on. We don't know any underlying injuries. We don't know anyone underlying fatigue. We don't know anything, Chris, really. In our opinion now, um, in hindsight, where you two... And a couple of others thought Tierney should have been playing before the match, and I didn't. Hindsight now, yeah, I do think he should have been playing Tierney. Maybe that is how Arteta thought as well. Um, He's going to make mistakes. Every manager makes mistakes. Ferguson made mistakes. Fenger made mistakes. Pep makes mistakes. It happens. It's life. Um, I don't think it's that. It's a big E for me. Mm. Okay, um, Cookie, I'm just going to come to you in just a second, but we are going to have some questions. So if anyone wants to ask any questions, you can put them in the chat and then Amanda will read them and pick the best ones. And we'll see if we can get to some of those uh, just towards the end of the show, which will be in about 10 minutes time. But just going back to you, Cookie, Arteta, uh, still making mistakes, still learning as a manager. What do you reckon? I mean, if he's learning as a manager and we're top of the league, then I've not really got a problem with that, to be honest. Um, I think the only real mistake he's made this season is maybe uh, the Tommy Asu thing. But again, like it's not as much of a deal breaker as it, you know, it needs to be made out to be. Hopefully he'll learn from that. And when Zinchenko's back, you know, we, it goes back to kind of White and Tommy Asu at right back. And then normality is restored at left back where we've got the option of Tierney and Zinchenko. And, you know, hopefully we're not having this discussion. Um, the one thing I would say about the substitutions and playing Eddie on the left wing there was a game this season, and I can't remember if it was either against Villa or Fulham, but they came back into the game. I think they pulled it back to 1-1, and we were desperate to win that game. And We bought Eddie on in similar fashion to what we did today, but instead of playing him out on the left, we kind of went in a 3-5-2 formation, and we really went for the jugular. I don't think we were in a position where we had to throw the kitchen sink at it today because you know we weren't at home, and you know we didn't as much of the three points would have been nice. We didn't desperately, desperately, desperately need them. Um I think that just kind of works a little bit more in our favour because then you're playing Jesus and Nketiah a lot closer to each other rather than shoehorning Nketiah into the side on the wing. I don't think he likes playing there. don't think it works. Didn't think it worked against PSV. I don't want us to persist with it because, you know, 
there's been a lot pinned on Eddie, I think. We've given him the 14 shirt. He signed a new contract, and yeah, we didn't really do all this to play him out on the left-hand side of the pitch. And I know when Smith Rowe is back, you know, he's probably going to get more minutes there. But we've got wingers in Marquinhos and Nelson. Surely we should be giving them an opportunity if we're going to put someone out and out as a left winger for the last 10, 15 minutes of a game rather than Nketiah. But, you know, that these are the moments where I do think there is that little bit of... Um, inconsistency from Arteta for use of a better words but you know like I say we're top of the league we're not in a position to be complaining at all but there's always going to be things to improve upon you know that's just how it is uh, but I'm confident we'll uh, go into that game next week and on Thursday and hopefully normality will be restored yeah fingers crossed let's look ahead actually to the next couple of games that we've got I'm not going to be at the Emirates and oh. Amanda on Sunday I'm going to be in San Francisco so oh. if anybody knows a good place to uh, have a drink and uh, watch the football uh, in San Francisco San Fran let me know because I will be oh. there right and early in the morning there so. must be San Francisco gooners we've got every yeah. other state uh, gooners not. I'll look, I'll look them up. I think it's the Bay Area Gooners. Yeah, put it on Twitter. Anyway, let's look ahead to Thursday. What, uh, Amanda, do you want to see from an away trip to PSV, which one point gets us through uh, top of the group? I wouldn't take any first team in the first 11. I wouldn't. Um, I'd save it for Nottingham Forest. We need to we need to win at home next Sunday. So let's play the reserves and try and get a point. If we lose, we lose. And then we'll just we've got to play again the week after. I'm just looking on my calendar actually. I think we play Zurich. FC Zurich, yeah. Uh yes. And we play at home. So we should we should get the three points then. Sorry for me. Um I want them all rested, give them a week off, and then back Sunday going mental at the Emirates. I don't even know what time. What time is it, Cookie? Two o'clock. Again, we're at two o'clock um, next Sunday at the Emirates, and it will be rocking. It will be indeed. So, James, from your perspective, is there an argument to say that you want to take a few of the first-teamers because we still want to at least pick up a point? Because if we get if we take the kids and get heavily beaten by PSV, that means that we still have to get something probably from the uh, FC Zurich game in which, you know, if you pick up a point against PSV on Thursday because you've rotated a little bit, then you can completely play all the kids for that Zurich game. You don't even have to have a single first teamer. So uh, can I make can I make an argument that convinces you not to uh, play all the children on Thursday night against PSV? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play like an entire 11, 11 just of kids because, like you say, you know, we'll just be back to square one by having to play a, a relatively strong team against Zurich to ensure top spots. So, um, I wouldn't rotate as heavily as we didn't do this Thursday against PSV um, because we played almost, you know, half of the first team. I don't think we need. We should be looking to play, you know, um, Saka for a start. I don't want to see Saka, Martinelli, or Jesus near the starting eleven. I'd love to give Jacker a rest, but that's the one that's ticking over in my mind. I'm not sure who comes in to replace him. Um, as a back four, this is where I'd still want to keep things relatively strong. Um, Cedric at right back, Tommy Asu at left back, holding, and then either one of Gabriel or Saliba. And I think that should be enough to, you know, defensively be enough. And then I guess it will be Sambi, Vieira, and then a front three of Marquinhos, Eddie, and Nelson, which, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced by. I don't think that's strong enough, but we need to give Saka and Martinelli a rest. Um, but I don't know who feels that Jacker role. I think it's inevitable that Jacker will annoyingly play this game Sam again. B. So, Sam but we've B got him playing, go. and we've got him at number six. If we had on any fit, then yeah, but mm. we we don't. So we just don't have anyone there to fill that left eight role. Unless you've got any thoughts, Chris? I don't know. I mean, in my head, I wonder whether you play Vieira and Odegaard uh, in the two eights and see how that gets on, but. Because I think Vieira needs to play. He needs to get more minutes. And I just so wonder... Just, if okay, so sorry, Chris. What about Marquinhos? He can play. Yeah, but he'll play right wing. Yeah, so but I'm, I'm saying we can... Old. Sorry, there's a lot of players we can leave behind. That's what I'm saying, sorry. If Sinchenko's yeah. back, we can have him in there. We need to rest as many as possible, I'm afraid. Sorry, I yeah. argue with you too. The thing is, the other thing that I, what I will say, though, is that Nottingham Forest at home, you know, will be, it, you'd hope less of a test than Southampton away, you know, and to, to, to Cookie's point earlier with, to Cookie's point earlier with 
going Eddie Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus up front in a two, that's the sort of instance where game state makes a big difference. If we were playing Southampton at home today, James, do you think he would have done that? He'd have gone, screw it, let's go both of them up front, let's throw the kitchen sink, we're at home. I think he would have. Yeah, if we were at home, I think he does. Um, just because, you know, Southampton at home, you've got to win it, don't you? Um, but uh, as we're away, you know, a point away from home in the Premier League, unless you're playing absolute rubbish, then it's um, it's, it's never really an awful, awful result. Chris, I've got some questions and things, and yes, I know you've got a show, those. so let's do it. Um, there was one from Robert I want to pick up. Right. Um, nothing about Thursday, something different. When El- when ESR returns, do you think it'd be possible we could see him playing in the number eight role? I believe it was James that mentioned Xhaka and Emil playing similar styles. Go on, James. Yeah, I really think I, I really think it could work um, because if you look at the positions that Jacker is occupying and the spaces he's getting into and the runs he's making, and we all know how good Smith Rowe is at beating a man and dribbling with the ball, these are all the things that Jacker is doing um, and getting into the right place at the right time. I think that it, it's a it's a role that based on how Jacker has adapted his game, that's already Smith Rowe's game. So uh, I think it would make complete sense to start him in a couple of games when he's back fit. You know, maybe if we've got an opportunity um, if in the League Cup or the FA Cup to trial it, I think it would work really, really, really well. If not, he's still got a really good opportunity to get back into the side on that left-hand, uh, left-hand side. But, um, you know, I think he's got a real claim to make in that left eight role and uh he's one of these players i just can't wait to be back because yeah it's easy to forget how good he is and how much he offers this team I absolutely love the kids and he's going to be like a new signing when he comes back into the team <laughs> correct it. before i um move on just want to say thank you to everyone in the chat room you've been brilliant tonight sorry i can't get around to all of you and thanks robert for your um <clears throat> your comment as well okay so Some, uh, bon- great ones from gordon in here <laughs> Yeah, I know, if you like mustard. Barnaby Jones. Now, Barnaby is someone that watched me um, interview Mark Goldbridge. Barnaby's United, but weirdly, lived in Southampton and was at the game today, obviously supporting Southampton. But he said, I still believe that Arsenal will struggle due to young squads. Second half, they struggled, I think, because of the atmosphere at St Mary's. We didn't hear Southampton until 53 minutes. And I know for a fact, because I commented how quiet it Quiet. was Barnaby. Trust yeah. me. I We heard the players on the pitch. Um, right, here we go. So, Avon Ted. Thanks, Avon. The FC Zurich game is three days before we go to Stanford Bridge. If we get a point against PSV, we can rest all the first team before Chelsea. So, there is that. Absolutely. Um, okay. Right. So, Fiona thinks, yes, a mixture of youngsters and experienced players, particularly those that are not first choice. Maybe that. Sinchenko in a Xhaka role, I so want him to try. That is from Dan Hudson. What do you think on that, Chris? I think that's an interesting one. He certainly does that to to some extent for uh, the Ukraine. And so I think that's the problem that we've had is that we're talking about fatigue at the moment and how we looked a little bit leggy, but we are also forgetting and, and how the squad's a bit smaller. We are forgetting that we've got long-term injury in El Nenny, who would have played in some of these midweek games. Um, we've got a long-term injury. Well, it's, it's felt like a long-term injury in Zinchenko. He's been out for about a month and he, he had an impact when he joined. And so we've not been able to play him in games. So that's another versatile player that potentially could be playing instead of Xhaka even for those midweek games or could be rotated in. We've had um, ML Smith-Rowe, who's a long-term injury as well. So we're actually, we've been getting by and getting results with a fair few first-teamers out injured. So, you know, let's look at some of the positives there from that perspective. We've got players out injured. We've got players to return. And, you know, we're still top of the league. We're still playing well. Well, we're not playing great. In the, uh, today wasn't great in the second half, but it was in the first. And I thought the same, exactly the same as the Leeds match last weekend. Mm, thanks, Dan. Okay, next one is from Pete Geary. Would you rest Saliba for Forrest as one yellow from match ban and it will be the Chelsea game? What do you think, Cookie? Would you? No. Um, I wouldn't either. Definitely not. I don't think you can afford to rest your best players in a, in a league game. Uh, you've just got to be... Playing on the edge of caution, really, and just hope he doesn't get a yellow card. Simple as and that. And if he does, does we have to live with that. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, Ben White that can slot in. 
Well, and that follows yeah. in nicely to Robert's next uh, statement. What about Ben White in defensive mid? <laughs> uh, he did that for Brighton, didn't he? But I don't remember. <laughs> I've not seen him play for, or was it for Leeds? But I've not seen him play that much in defensive midfield. Um, I don't think we have that much of an issue playing to worry about Ben White moving, shuffling him around at the moment. Because I think for the Europa League games, Sambi's doing all right. He's not pulling up trees, but he's doing all right. So we're resting Partey for those games. It's if Partey picks up an injury. If Partey picks up an injury, then we're going to need to have a plan B. Because Sambi played against Man United and he looked a little bit lost at times. Okay. Um this one for you, Cookie. John Rowe said, play 3-5-2 on Thursday. That's how you could rest Sacra Martinelli. Yeah, potentially, but he's not going to do it. Um, we're going to stick to this 4-3-3. doesn't matter who the personnel are. So, yeah, don't think it's worth talking about. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. Um, okay. What do you think, everybody? Do you want to do some predictions, Chris, for Thursday and Sunday, and then we can shoot off? I'll take a draw. Well, I'll take a 1-1 draw against PSV, CSV through, bit of rotation, happy days, move on. And then Nottingham Forest, I'd like to see us get two or three goals against them. It's not going to be easy, you know. They've just beaten Liverpool. I know it's at home, but they have just beaten Liverpool. So, OK, you're going for a draw on Thursday. And what should we take, what is your actual prediction? Uh, I'll have a 3-0 on Sunday. OK. Cooks? Uh, I think scrappy win on Thursday 2-1 um at Saturday Sunday um oh I you know I think we're going to have a lot of pent-up anger from today so I'm going 5-0 Jesus with all the goals <laughs> it's funny actually I'm a bit more with Chris I think we're going to draw on Thursday but I'm going 3-1 on um Sunday and I was going to say a, a Jesus hat-trick I think it's going to come I really, really do. And I hope that each just, I've seen a few people come, arrive back home in the last few minutes have said that some of the, you know, stick went towards Jesus. This is not good. We need to continue the way we were going, you know, um, supporting our players when we uh, mess up. That That's really, really interesting, um, important. Okay. So a couple of things, please, everyone, if you're top of the league, can you go and press like? Because... <laughs> We need to press like, so this gets out in the algorithms, apparently. I don't know what it all means, but apparently, if you like the show, just press like and subscribe. We'll probably be back next Sunday evening after the game, if any of us can make it, if not Monday. Um, I'm going to be on a Nottingham Forest pod this week. I've been asked to go on uh, to chat to them about the game. I don't know when it's out. I'll let you all know. But it'll be nice to talk to the uh, rival fans. And I imagine that they're probably a little bit hesitant about coming to us next Sunday. So, uh, yeah, listen, we're top of the league. It wasn't great the second half. Let's just enjoy it again. Let's go and beat PSV on Thursday or get the point we need. And then let's rock the Emirates next Sunday. My thanks to Cookie for joining us. Big, massive thank you to Chris for hosting tonight. Such a brilliant host. Really, really good. Everyone in the chat room, thank you so much. Um, it really means a lot to us that you come and join us. And if you could spread the word, fantastic. Thank you very much. Everybody, enjoy the rest of the evening. We're top of the league. We're all going to go and have a sit down, watch Mash the Day, and moan about the referee again. Good night, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 